Hello and welcome to Open All R's, the podcast with more R's than an Alan Partridge script. I'm David Fraser. Um, I am in the studio tonight with three other QPR fans. Uh, we've got Paul Finney from Independent R's. Hello. Uh, we have Chris Mendez from Talk Sport. Hello. And we have sports journalist Chris Charles. Hello. Um, journalist, you say? Yeah. Reputedly. An that journalist. is what he said, yeah. No, I would have said an exit journalist. Oh, right. Personally. Thanks. So, do you know what? You, can I tell you something? It is our. Sorry, who are you again? I'm David Fraser. Oh, yeah. I haven't done this for about four podcasts now. I haven't been here for about four podcasts. More than that. They've been brilliant. As no. Well. So yeah. how's the how's the little one? What, what is it? Adele is it young Adele. <laughs> young Adele. Or, or was it Jerry? No, we had a, we had a baby boy called George, who um, of course is named after. You, you think it's named after George Goddard, the yeah, um, top much. scorer. The historical top scorer of QPR in the 1920s. Yeah. But actually, he's named after George Santos. Any Excellent. For that? Sorry? Any reason no, for he's that? not. He's not named after either, but he's doing very well. You've been missing in action along with most of the QPR team. Yes, exactly. I've made about <laughs> the same contribution <laughs> yeah. as the entire QPR team. Good at team. dribbling, though, I hear. Exactly. Yeah, yeah very good that at dribbling. A dribbling joke. <laughs> Indeed. Um, do you know, can I tell you something? It is. An historical pod this evening because it is our fiftieth podcast. Ooh. Did you know that? No. Have you got the champagne? It's getting on my ear, Joe. Congratulations, everyone! We made it to fifty. Yeah, Talking the champagne. Five weeks. Paul is drinking out of a glass with Thatcher's written on it. It really is. I know. Showing his true support for the Iron Lady. There. Well done, Paul. <coughs> You're dead yet? <laughs> um, right. Quickly tonight, we're going to be talking. Of course, we're going to be talking about. Reading on Sunday and the situation that we find ourselves in, but we have a very, very good guest. Um, we've we have Mark Bowen, assistant manager, and Mark Hughes on the phone, joining us on the phone shortly, and he has agreed to answer your questions, which have been coming in thick and fast on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> I hope he's ready for it. Um, before we get onto that, let me remind everyone how they can keep in touch. I haven't done this for weeks qprpodcast.com you can follow us on twitter at qpr podcast you can search for open all ours on facebook and you can email us qpr at playbackmedia.co.uk have i got that right and you can also see it on independent ours and lost for words as well do it as well lost for, for words. words that's what i said lost for you words. said <laughs> lost for words, <laughs> words which you never are and lost for words incidentally are providing some of the questions thank you tonight Okay. You're very professional, dear, if I have to say. Thank you, Paul. No, seriously. Thank you. Someone, it's like you're almost like a player that's come out from the cold, like a Les Ferdinand, for instance, and just banged in a hat trick. Well also, done. why are you being so nice? Is it because you said that I still look pregnant in the pub? No. <laughs> you, are, you are carrying a wee bit of timber, to be fair. I'm, I'm carrying a bit of baby weight, that's yeah. true. But you can't be expected to lose it immediately after you have it. And no, Paul's got a new tattoo. I thought, yeah, he's got a crystal, so, crystal so palace I, tattoo. So I... <laughs> so, so I oh come, my fuck! What's that? An eagle, isn't it? Well, that's a hawk. You silly. I, I have come off my um, paternity leave, let's name? say, and two things have happened. Paul has a new tattoo, which is a hawk, not an eagle. There is a difference, but it does look like the Crystal Palace. Um, is it, it does sort of. So he love, loves Holloway, you know. It's fine. And Chris has a moustache. Not me. Chris Mendez has a moustache. It's not here forever. Now, this uh, is for Movember, right? Yeah. To be fair, you look like Manuel from Faulty Towers. You look, because you're a sort of, <laughs> a bit you racist. know, because you're a little bit... That's not 
looks Mediterranean. Like my mom always Because you're a little bit sort of Mediterranean and whatnot. You actually look like an extra. <laughs> Mediterranean and whatnot. Well, That's better than my sort you of look, You look like an extra in like a Mexican sort of gangster movie. I like that. But a very low budget one. They couldn't put a whole beard. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a do, few more weeks. Do, do I tell you now about my problem with, with Movember? Tell me. I will tell you. You're doing nothing. You're asking people to sponsor you for doing nothing, right? I don't like to mention it, but I've run three three marathons. I really and you're actually doing it, something the there. You're actually like, it's quite hard to do all the training. You are just not shaving. You're not doing something. You're asking people for yeah, money. Yeah, but, you've, 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 but you've, the whole point of it is raising money, you know? It doesn't matter what I do. And you've got to spend okay. a month looking like a twat, basically. Some people, you know what you're raising money for. Anyone else? Does anyone else want no, know what Movember is raising money it for? Do. Yeah, got, it's uh, got them. bowel cancer, isn't it? Bowel cancer. Oh, is it no prostate? Prostate, testicular hair. Yeah, testicular. That's it the one. is <laughs> no. It's prostate. Oh right. See. So, well, okay. Well, anyway, go on. I feel bad now. So give your sponsor link. It's on. If you have a look on my Twitter, Chris Mendes UK. Uh, I've got a link up there on my last tweets. And if you're feeling generous, then don't sponsor him for doing nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, he says, I will sponsor you, Chris. I'm not having that. And everyone else who goes mustache, I'm not going to sponsor you. But well done, you. <laughs> Make this ginger. I don't like it. Well, we, we said we were going to have two minutes talking yeah, about we'll the game. Yeah, we'll have two minutes, and so we will have one person giving their opinion, and no one gives an opinion like Finney. No, we get 30 seconds each, because I think that's fair. Go on, 30 seconds on Reading. Absolute shade. Next. <laughs> <laughs> First half was awful, second half a little bit better. Awful defensively, all the way through. Um, I thought it was going to be the game that you know turned our season. I was expecting us to win, and it's uh, just... It's just we're just going to have a whole season of struggle now, aren't we? It could have been so, another 7-5. Um, if they converted all the free headers they got from corners, free kicks, um, they could have banged in a few. If we converted our chance, if their keeper hadn't been on superhuman form, we could have a, we a, should, a fair few in the We should be dominating well. games like that, you know? Against, we, we should be. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it says a lot more about the mood of the players, the situation they're finding themselves in, the morale, than it does about the players we've got because Reading are going to go down. At home, 10th game into the season, we should be winning games like that if we really are going to have a good season. And I, I think it's a serious situation. I'm going to be serious now. I'll take back what I said about being absolute shade. We weren't absolute shade. We were appalling for the first half. We came into the second half and gave it a go, but it was too late. Their goal was way too easy. And let's face it, well, forget everything that we did that was good. What they did that worried me most of all towards the end of the game was how easy their player walked through our midfield and walked through our defence and luckily miss hit it. That's a disgrace. That shouldn't happen. That's park football. Well, I there's mean, a case for three in the midfield, which we will put to Mr Bowen shortly. Should we? When you say shortly, should we put it to him now? Well, why not? Indeed. OK. Um, right, joining us is uh, QPR assistant manager uh, Mark Bowen. It's Chris Charles here. How are you doing, Mark? Yeah, fine, Chris. Thanks. Good. Um, well, first of all, thanks for coming on, and also thanks for Ian Taylor for allowing you to come on, <laughs> should we say. Um, well, we'll start off with, I mean, 10 games in, um, the season hasn't really gone as well as anyone has expected, I think that's fair to say. Oh, yeah, no prob- no, no, no doubt about it. I mean, we're all uh, bitterly disappointed the way it's gone, you know, and, uh, you know, you, listen, yeah, you, you sit, sit and waffle and talk all night, but I mean, you know, I'm not going to, not going to sit here and bullshit anybody. At the moment, we, we, we're all really, really uh, surprised and, and and gutted the way things have gone because we all expected and wanted better. Yeah, I mean, I mean, can you? I know Marks and a few other people have said as soon as it we, we've gelled, it'll it'll click into place. 
but obviously 10 games it's you know you start to look into to the future and you're, you're wondering when it's all going to click into place are you confident that might happen at Stoke yeah, absolutely. There's a real. I mean, obviously, there's there's two two sides to it. I mean, you know, you, when you win the initial the initial games, and you know, you realise, of course, I mean, it's, it's not it wasn't an excuse. You need you need time to gel and players to get to know each other. I think what's what's inhibited us a, a, a lot, guys, is is the fact that I mean, you could ar- you could argue that you know we've we've possibly had our you know, our first choice back four, maybe maybe one or two games. You know, we've had players coming in and out all the time, and, and that affects you because we, we pride ourselves on, on the work we do on, on the training ground a lot, you know what I mean? Getting a, a group um, established the way we want to play and we want to address things, and yeah, even going so far as today, I mean, with, with the situation we have, without sort of giving away too many... Um, Secrets or whatever to, to to any store people listening without <laughs> any. You know, we, we we've trained this morning and we've got we've got no Ryan Nelson on the training ground and, and no Aman Terapt. Uh, sorry, Aman Traore because of the fact that they they carry in injuries, they have to be rested. They have they they can't they can't you know go on the training ground and 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 cover the yards because we we're almost wrapping them in cotton wool at times, ready for the game on the, the following Saturday. Yeah. You know, so it's the the, the repet. Defensively, I think it's, be, you know, it's out there, isn't it? Let's be fair, it's been our major issues from the start of the season, conceding silly goals at silly times and whatever. And that, that rectifies itself. One of, the, one of the ways that rectifies itself is just through repetitive work on the training ground with your back four, putting them into situations that they, they'll, they'll encounter in games. And we just plain and simply haven't had that time with a, a regular back four to work with them. But- Mark, and, and yeah. I, I don't want to be sort of too unreasonable when I say this. But, no, no, but, please but, fight away, but these defenders that you're talking about, they're experienced players. Yeah. They're players who have played for Man United, for Arsenal. Absolutely. So I, I know what you're saying, they need to gel, but they should be able to deal with the situations that. Yeah, I mean, they listen, found listen, uh, again, yeah, I'll be. I'll be I'll be careful to put 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 right. You know what I said in terms of you know when we go into games, we fully expect in the players that we've got on the pitch to deal deal with circumstances that arise at the time. Yeah. So you know, again, I'm not. It's careful. I'm, I'm trying to explain what sure. what's been going on. We feel, but certainly for one for one minute, I'm not trying to use an excuse for where we are. It, there's a lot of reasons for where we are. We are, and it's not just that. I mean, the players who were put in should be able to deal with that situation. We understand, and they haven't been. You know, I mean. <laughs> We've going, when we came into the into the club in January, I, I was delighted with the way that the the team last year caught with set plays. I don't think we could caught out many times at all from corners and, and free kicks at all. And I, I'm just sitting here tonight watching Manchester City play, and they get caught out with two corners in the first 10, 15 minutes, and that's with that's with people like Vincent Company in there and, and et al. You know, but. So we we realise we've got to be better, and you don't you don't know in terms of set plays. You, you, you spend all I mean I've spent the majority of the season so far just sort of beating myself up and wondering why the hell we can't deal with with corners and set plays when we did it fairly well last year, you know. And it's you keep working on it and keep working, and hopefully it comes right. And as I say, you keep sort of putting plays in those situations and hoping that they they, they start dealing with it as they've done, you know, times in their careers. But at the moment. We, we, we're not doing it right. We're not certainly not not defending right from set plays. Yeah, I mean that sort of answers a question from Baz QPR, Steve B, Oliver Brett, several others um, who, who basically asked that very question and and said, you know, we seem to be conceding free headers 
from, yeah. from most corners. I'm not saying we're, we're conceding goals, but we've seen, and it was evident in Reading as well, that, you know, just, you know, ball comes over and someone's unmarked yeah. in the box. They've got a decent chance. And yeah. I think, you know, it sounds like you're it's, as perplexed as the rest of us are. Well, it, it is good. I mean, listen, I, I'll, I'll throw, throw it back, throw it out there for, for anybody who's listening, you know. I mean, what, what, what do you do when, I mean, leading, leading up to the, the West Ham game, the Reading game, we, we've worked on the training ground for, I mean, I have to be fair. Before before this current situation, now that start of the season, we generally, as as a well, myself and Eddie Mizeski and, and Mark, as a staff throughout through our our careers, we haven't spent a lot of time working on defensive set plays. You give you give the players the the people they're, they're supposed to mark. We've never marked zonally. We've always marked man to man. You give these players, you know, you, you designate who's marking who, and you, you show the players before the game. Uh, clips of the opposition, who does what, and you tell them what they're likely to do in the day, and then you're basically relying on these guys to be responsible to do their jobs. And as I say, through the last 10, 12 years, yeah, you, you'll concede goals, but not in the situation that we have been doing now. I mean, but we found ourselves now working more and more on defending set plays. And as, as I was going to say, going into the West Ham game, going into the Reading game, we spent three, four days in a row working through. What we're doing in set plays? What are their responsibilities? What you got? What the man you're marking? You don't just mark on the first phase. You mark on the second phase, the third phase, and then literally you go into the game and players, individuals have been switching off and it's costing us goals. Now I will say very quickly that possibly most teams in the league, when corners will come on, certain individuals switch off at certain times, and it just seems that we are getting punished for him at the moment. And no. it, you know that's that's the the. the I suppose the life and the bane of a coach's life is you do all these things with him and, and, and individuals at times are switching off and they'll come in and they'll apologise and whatever and, and that's why you, have, you, know, you, you can't stop working at it. You'll keep doing the same things but, you know, is it just one of those things at the moment? You, you know, for one to bang your head against a brick wall, you tend to say, well, we'll keep working at it and hopefully the penny drops and the individual players come through the phase and start doing their jobs properly, you know? Well, thank you for answering that, Mark, because a lot of people have asked about the, def- the set plays. Yeah. It's infuriating. And I tell you, honestly, for, for a manager, for a coach, it, any goal that you can see the set play, it, it'll, you'll just tear your, tear your hair on you. I mean, I, I'm losing my hair in lumps as it is, guys, believe me. But, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, well, and that's probably the reason why you, you don't sleep at night. And because there's lo- those are the things, you know, we, we say to our, our lads going into games, you know, you, you play with all due respect to, to the likes of Redding and whatever. You say, guys, listen, listen, our Redding, you know, other team they're going to carve us open. You know, you know, are they good enough to really, really hurt us in, in open play and carve us open? Well, yeah, they've got the individuals that can do certain bits. But guys, let's not let's not switch off at, at the corners and set plays and give them an easy strike, an easy opportunity to score. Well, Christ Almighty, we played red in the other day, and, and every corner coming in our box, they were getting the first contact. And believe me, we've the last two days we've had meetings, we've sat down, we've let individuals know in uncertain terms, no uncertain terms that it's unacceptable. And, and again, all I can say is that they they hold their hand up, they take it on board, and you keep working at it and making sure that they do it better next time. Mark QPR Goddard yeah. has asked if you saw the West Brom Saints match yesterday, yeah, and can you honestly say that QPR work as hard as a team off the ball as teams like West Brom? Well, I, I, again, I'm not going to sit here and, 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 and try and dress things out. Absolutely not. Uh, myself uh, and Eddie Nizveski went to the game last night and watched it and the work rate of, of West Brom and certainly the likes of Shane Long. And that was, I mean, f- again, for a coach, and a, it was a joy to behold the work rate they put in. But, you know, it's, again, 
How do you, uh, for me to answer that question, I would say uh, individual players have, have different traits, different different uh, strengths and weaknesses. You know, uh, we've come from you know a situation where when we were Blackburn Rovers, we were regarded as having the fittest team in the league. Bar none. You know, we would have other managers, coaches asking us what we did, coming wanting to come to a train, going to, to watch us train to see what we did with players. So you know, I, and I'm not I'm not trying to put up the the the, the barricades here, but I'm, I'm trying to say that you know it, it, it's not if other teams look fit at all, look to have a you know a higher work rate. It's not it's not really to do with possibly the way that we we as a staff and a coach you know work in the players. It's down basically to the the caliber of individuals come in. You know you, you get players who maybe are more technical on the ball, who want to want to rather than run off the ball and, and do work off the ball, you know, to help their team, if you like. They, they always come towards the ball and want to, want to have the ball to play, you know, and then it's, it's less of a work rate if they, they're always looking for the ball to feed rather than running away and creating space for others, you know, little, little cameos like that. Yeah, no, I mean, a few, I know you can't say exactly that, but is there a suggestion? Some people are saying that some players maybe aren't working as hard as, 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 as perhaps they, they could do, you know, and, you I don't, know, Journey guys, I mean, I don't think it's if, if there is, if there is, it's not because individuals basically don't want to work harder and anybody tries less harder than anybody else on, on in a match. That that certainly isn't something that's come to mind. You know, it's it's generally just the way that they they are as players. You know, and and, and again, it's it's things like that over the next you know coming years, months, years that that when they bed into the way we want to work and the way we want our teams to play. Then you ought to bring more out of them, you know. But I certainly wouldn't wouldn't um, wouldn't point the figure in division in terms of actually the you know it's compromising the team because they are not working as hard as somebody else. You know, we get all our fitness data back after games, and we we trawl through it and we compare it to other teams, and it's uh, just an interesting point, guys. I mean, this when you look at actual, uh, we get all these pros on stats on things on on, on you know individuals and the team as a whole and. It's the top teams. It's not so much the ground that you cover as a team or individual. It's it's more of the number of the number of sprints and the the best teams have more sprinters, more high high intensity runners in their team. You know, it's that it's that sort of those sort of qualities that that seems to differentiate between the average teams and the teams with real quality is is the actual speed, the sprints you do, and the high intensity runs you do. You know. I, I sorry, Marcus Paul for again. Um, yeah, mate. One question I got for you, um, which is, did you read what Bobby Samora said during the week straight after the game? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Do you know where he's coming from in that? Because as a fan, that completely confused me. This um, was about no, him saying I, I, he I doesn't I've got to be honest, mate. We've known Bob, obviously, we've known Bobby for a while. Uh-huh. Um, knew the way, I mean, again, we know the, what he his likes and dislikes, and we, you know, we... we we, you know, it's not just possibly his ability. You look at the, you know, any player you bring into the club, you try and do your homework, and you know as much about him as you can. All I'll say in that respect is that, and, I, and I've spoke to Bobby. It's, I don't think it was the right time, you know, for, for, for Bobby the situation of Queen, Queen's Park. Really, if that's the way he lives his life, fair enough. You know what I mean? He's, he's got a right to, to, to pick and choose which what he like his likes and dislikes are. But I, I, I guess I don't think it was the right time for him to come come out publicly and say that. I just don't think personally, as a coach and as a, you know. A fan and somebody who's in love with falling in love with Queens Park Rangers. It didn't to me personally. It didn't seem right. You know, I'm thinking of a 
you know, a fan reading that, will, will, it did, just didn't feel right. You know, so it, could, fan it could have been set up by the journalists a wee bit as well. They didn't have to publish it today. Yeah, probably. yeah, of course. And, and I, I've spoken to um, I've spoken to a journalist. I, I won't tell you his name. Yesterday about different things. You have a chat about things, and the journalist said to me, "Well, Bob, Bobby did that interview basically six months ago." Yeah, well, that, I mean, it's back okay. to Chris again here. I mean, I, I think. With that, you can. I'm sort of going to defend Bobby a bit here because it's all about timing. If Drogba had said that after scoring the winning goal in the Champions League yeah. final last year, yeah. none of that yeah. lot down the road would have given a toss. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, it's, it's because and like that doesn't surprise me. Did because you have to as mention a, Chelsea? I didn't say it by name, Paul. You <laughs> okay. just said it. By, but it, it's you know, it's I, 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 something and nothing that he, he, you know. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, well, I, Paul, I stood up because again, I just I read the paper in the morning. My first sort of read, and I thought, oh, Bob, you don't have to say things that now. Why you say you know you just you're just making a rod for your own back you know but it, but as I say we talked about it, it, it's something that maybe happened months ago so yeah you know, exactly it, well Paul sell- back at him now you know Paul sells flowers but he doesn't watch the Chelsea flower show every year do you Paul <laughs> <laughs> I hey, lad, they went to Chelsea but I had to see it my missus so it was uh... <laughs> no, well Paul will sort you out for tickets I, I, will, I, will, I will sort you out I don't get tickets to Chelsea I would go anywhere with Chelsea in it in <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. but can I say as I went with my missus I just spent the whole afternoon sitting in the bar and let her do all the walking around anyway so well, <laughs> Nick, Nick, next time I'll join you in the bar <laughs> Good um, yeah yeah please do Please do. Mark, uh, Chris Mendes here. Um, yeah, Chris. We've, we've got one of the worst disciplinary, disciplinary records in the league in terms of red cards going back to last season, this season. Yeah. Um, it's been frustrating because it's cost us. Um, yeah. you know, we, look, we look pretty comfortable against Arsenal before M- mm-hmm. Mbia got sent off. I mean, what, what's being done to address it? Well, again, it's, it's, a, it's an easy question, but a hard one just to, to solve, I think. And... and you know, again, I'll say it happened last year with somebody Kite, You know, and I mean, going like Stefan and Bayer's situation, it's 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 unacceptable because he's cost his team and 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 uh, staff and everybody. You know, and the fans. You know, he's cost us because we're gonna we're gonna miss out on the player. He just looked as if he was if he was really finding his feet in the Premier League. And you know, we we even had the likes of Arsene Wenger after the game against Arsenal coming in and and you know showing him in compliments and you know basically saying you know he's going to be a hell of a player. And we my first thought yeah. will. Keep keep your eyes off him. He's ours, if you like. You know, but, you know, do you, do you but, keep, yeah. You know, but it, it's it's one of those. It's it's yeah. I mean, so except we, he's he's been fined. He's been spoken to. You know, but it's you know, I can only put in in perspective. Saying look look at Samba last year. It, sometimes it's it's the enthusiasm. The he doesn't. You know, it's it's getting used to the new league and everything. And he's. I think it, as well. I tell. You know, I, I feel for him because we've got we've got a number of players who. You know, we're in the team now. We've come from different uh, successful teams, if you like, and they're all they're all hurting like hell, as we all are. Yeah. You know, and he's coming from a club where certainly not used to losing games like we're doing at the moment, week after week, and very frustrated. And I think it, that that frustration just came out at that time. You know, yeah. But Sam- um, he's got to live. He's got to learn by it. That's the main thing. I mean, I, th- I think Samba. I think you've seen a, a different Samba Diakite this year. I mean. We were talking actually as a staff staff today. When you actually look at Samba the last couple of games, I would I would say he's played very well and he looks as if he's coming back to his old self. Um, but at the same time, I would if I'm being slightly um, not critical, but but my concern of him is he, he has seems to lost a tiny bit of that aggressive edge that he had. Like you know I mean, he, he seems to be getting up to the ball now and and sort of running alongside people at times rather than that real. But yeah. maybe just his way of dealing with it. He, he's trying to stay in his feet a bit more, you know. So there's that fine fine line, fine edge between you know, do you take it out of his game by really 
saying, look, you know, we don't want you challenging for anything because of, of red cars, yellow cars, whatever. It was, fr- yeah, this Samba's red card, it was frustrating because all the fans could see it happening. It looked like yeah, it just needed yeah. a, ca- a captain. Well, I, I think as well, I mean, the, the fans, certainly the fans who were in the dugout would, would, would tell you, I mean, even going back to last year, that, I mean, when he got a yellow card this time and, and going into last year, the first thing we were doing, we were jumping up and screaming at him to get information to stay in your feet. Yeah. And then, then Samba turned to the bench and acknowledged, yeah, yeah, and we saying stay in your feet. And then two minutes later, he goes and dives in again. So yeah, um, you think to yourself, well, Christ, I mean, does that mean every time you get a yellow card after maybe 10, 15 minutes, you've got to take him off? Yeah, yeah it's a difficult... You know, he's, 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 I mean, he is, as I said, at the start, he's, he's, he's learning and he's getting better. And, uh, I mean, on a, on a positive side, we, again, we were talking the, the weekend, and we, you know, uh, we came into the, the club last year and you look around the, the, the playing staff and one of the sort of questions that was asked them was shown at, at us, if you like, was, what you know? What what percentage of players have got a, a decent resale value within the squad, if you like, you know? And without you know getting any numbers or whatever, I mean, I looked at our what they call, if you like, our midfield four against Reading, where we had we had Delta Rapt, we had Samba Diakite, we had Granero, and we had uh, Junior Hoylet, if you like, on the right hand side. Yeah. And they're all you know they're all QPR players. They're all in their early twenties, and these are players over the next. Year eighteen months, who believe me are going to basically set the Premier League alight. I'm convinced of it because there's, there's so much talent there, you know, and they're ours. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and, and we're staying with Samba slightly, but his resurgence has sort of seen uh, Ali Forlan seemingly take a back, back seat. Yeah. I mean, the continued absence of him is causing a bit of consternation among fans. We've got questions yeah. from GRD Hoops who asked, "What did Ali Forlan do so wrong not to feature him in any, any of the last few games after West Ham?" With Mark Bregan yeah. adding, "Is it because he's too much like Guineiro?" No, um, well, I was going to say no. It's it's a difficult one because let me let me tell you, as as a person and as a professional, uh, he's um, I think he's a fantastic person, fantastic professional. He comes in every day, he works hard, he gives everything he's got, and first and foremost, he's a very talented player. And in answer to the first part of the question, he did nothing wrong. It was just at times, as I say, when when you when the manager when you're searching for a formula, if you like, to, to, to get us over the line, to get us off and running, to get us that result. You make certain changes and, and, and trying certain things, and it was no reflection on him or the way he was playing. I mean, somebody fighted one of me the day, or was it because, you know, the, the own goal against Tottenham or whatever, or he lost, you know, lost his marker for this? I said, no, it's not. I mean, loads of players have made mistakes going into, you know, coming out in different games. It's just... In the dynamic of the squad, you're looking to sort of shuffle it around and to get the right formula. And, and, and I speak to Ali every day about the situation. And the one thing I say about him is a lot of players will, will maybe have a, a gripe and drop their head. And he, listen, this, this kid gets on. He's, he's, he's basically he's saying to me, which uh, is, is fantastic, he's saying, listen, listen, Bo, whatever the management's do, I'm there for him. I'm there for him. I'm ready. When he chooses me, I'm ready. I know we're doing the right things as a team and as a squad, and it's fantastic to hear. But we will. I mean, in answer to the lad's question, all I can say is that he's, you know, it's almost like every game we play, it's a toss-up. Is Ali coming back in? But at this moment in time, over the last couple of games, you're almost trying. If it was if it was twelve aside, he'd be playing. <laughs> you're trying almost to get him into your team. And think, well, if he comes in, 
Are we dropping out? You but know what I mean? Are we dropping out a junior? Are we dropping out any, you know, one or two or three or four? And he's just, if you like, missing out. But listen, that can change very, very but, quickly. But in answer to the second question, I mean, is, is there any way that Forlan and Guineiro can play in the same team with Diakiti and maybe Absolutely. change the system well, to I mean, accommodate why, them? Why not? I mean, they, they played, I mean, some of the best football we've played all season was against Tottenham Hotspur, and the two of them were in, in, in the mid centre midfield end. Yep, I true. mean, I, I don't. I mean, off the top of my head, guys, um, the three of them playing together. I don't know how many minutes they've actually had together. I mean, you know, if I was in my office, it would be written all over the wall. But you know, <laughs> but I, take, I, take, I take your point. You know, is the question is there even even for the, for Mark and myself and Eddie? Is can, can we get him into the team? You know, that's that's what we're looking please to do. do. You know? yeah, please, <laughs> please, please, God, find a way, um, Mark. Mark, I want to take you back to the defence and you talked yeah. about some of the problems there and we've had a question from Nigel Whittle um, yeah. on Twitter which is, what's happened to Luke Young? Uh, surely we need all the quality players we can get right now and he's yeah. got seven England caps. Well, for, for, for a start, we came back um, pre, uh, in pre-season and uh, looked at the squad and the players we were looking to bring in and whatever and Luke had trained a few days with us. He trained a few days with with the development squad while we were sort of gauging where we wanted to go in terms of our player recruitment. And from then on, basically, Luke Luke's hips, he's had an ongoing, I think, hip problem. He's, uh, in answer to the question, he's, he's had an operation on his hip and he's still uh, having rehab as we speak. So he's now, at this moment in time, he's now been out four months. Okay. So clearing yeah. that up. Um, uh- I wanted to, uh, well, you, you might be surprised actually. We did a poll on Facebook this week yeah. about the fans and their confidence in, um, yeah. that they've got in the, in the management regime. Yeah. And actually, I think we asked the question, um, does Mark need uh, more time, more support? And you might be surprised to hear that uh, two-thirds of fans said yes. And so two-thirds of fans are still behind... Well, the management team that must be um, pleasing it's, to well, hear. Can I, can, I, can I say well a few, few things on that point, guys? I mean, I, I'm, I'm delighted to hear that. I mean, uh, and, and I know sometimes like a lot of coaches, my throwaway line are oh, great. You know, the fans hear this and the fans hear that. I can tell you. I mean, listen, I've been a much travelled, not 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 a much decorated, but a much travelled footballer and, and, and coach in my time. And the group, the, the, the fan base that we have at Queens Park Rangers, for me. Incredible. I mean, the, the 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 knowledge, if you like, of the football that they, you know, they they they're very quick to to praise their team and then to give them and to give them uh, help, if you like. And, and never mind staff and Mark Hughes, rather the team I'm talking about here. Very quick to praise the team. Very slow. Very slow to pick holes in them or because I think they always seem to see what they're trying to do and believe and, and try and encourage. And for me, that that's all you can ask of your fans. But, but more, so, having said that, I, I, if I can just go on, yeah, I, go for it. I'm glad they say it, guys, because I mean, listen, listen. If, if I can, if I can blow blow a trumpet, if you, if you, if you bear with me a second. People talk to me about, and you know, in the media, and you see things, and you keep hearing the. And this is a personal thing, strictly personal, okay, guys? The, the Harry Redknapp this and Harry Redknapp that. Well, the, the fact is, I mean, if you're looking at facts and, and situations, I mean, Harry Redknapp took over Southampton in 2005 as the big saviour. He was going to save Southampton, and he took them down. And then and, and he, he, he comes into Tottenham, he does a good... And, and Listen, I played under Harry. I know the way Harry works, and he was very good to me as a player. But for, when people say, well, you know, the first thing things go wrong... Some people, if you like, and media say, well, get Harry in and get... 
and, and, and I, I look at the, the situation with Queen's Park Rangers at the moment, and I look at our issues when I'm going to self-indulge, so bear with me, guys. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> no our, our situation, we, we've got a history of going into Blackburn Rovers. We took over Blackburn Rovers in the September when they were second from bottom. And we kept them up that year. And for the next four years, we went into semi-finals of Cups and into European football. I think we finished sixth, seventh, eighth, whatever. And then we move on to Man City, and that's well documented. We inherited a, believe me, we went to a club that was going to spend money, and we were all excited about it. We inherited a club that was, the infrastructure and everything behind it was quite shambolic at the time. Believe me, okay? Then we go to Fulham. We take over Fulham. When we went into Fulham, <coughs> people said to us, why are you going to Fulham? You can't beat what Roy Hodgson did. He finished 12th in the league last year. He got to a European final. And we said, well... We, 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 want, we want to give it a try, see what we can do. Well, we went to Fulham, and at Christmas time, we lost to West Ham at home, 3-1. And we got booed off the pitch, and everybody was screaming for Mark Hughes to leave. And we were, as I say, second or third from bottom. That year, we finished eighth. And there wasn't too many fans at the end of the season. And, and the last game of the season, we were 2-1 up against Arsenal with about five minutes to go. And if we won the game, we'd have finished seventh or sixth and got into Europe. And it wasn't too many fans screaming then that Mark Hughes is this and Mark Hughes is that, you know? Now, I think that what I will say, the common, the common denominator through, through, through the clubs that we've been is, and, and this is genuine, that it, it, it has usually taken a good few months, if you like, to get our methods across and, and the way we play. And, what, you know, when we were at Blackburn, it took us six months. We were still hovering in the bottom three after six, six months. And you're wondering why we come to Blackburn and, and that gets turned around, you know? So... It just seems that sort of scenario has followed us around. Now, all right, people can turn around and say, well, you've been at Queen's Park Rangers longer than bloody six months. What are you talking about? Well, I don't see it like that because we've got a totally different team coming into a new club, if you like, 12 players in our first-team squad. So it, it does, guys, it really does take time for these players to get to know us, for us to get to know them, to get to know... I mean, I, I, I have no qualms, and Mark, Mark might shout me down here or totally disagree with me. At this stage, you, you do wonder... Somebody said, does Mark know his best team? And I said, well, no, he probably doesn't. And, and some of you guys might be raising an eyebrow there, but with, with the influx <laughs> of players that we've had and with the injuries and bits and pieces we've had, I mean, you talked about, you talked about Ali Fowling, and has QPR got a, uh, a start in 11, if you like? Because you, you, may, you may pull individuals in and out for the certain opposition that we're playing. You know, so all, all these little things combined, you're like, well, yeah, I'm going to stop rabbiting now, guys. I've indulged, <laughs> indulged myself a bit. But, you know, when, all I'm trying to say is, I guess, well, like Tony says, we feel we are the best people for the job. And we've got the, we've got the facts and the history and the CV behind us to prove it. Now, that doesn't stop us and every morning, well, hold on, you're, you're bottom of the league at the moment. Well, one-off, if you like. But we know, we know with the his, our history of the last 10, 12 years that this, this situation will change and we will be successful. Hi, I'm Marcus Paul again. Um, the one thing I will say is that the backing from Tony Fernandez, what does that actually mean to the, the, the backroom staff? Because he has been outspoken of his, his, well, his backing has been on Twitter, everywhere, the programme, wherever you want to go. He's, he's totally backing you. Um, yeah. he's, he's been fantastic, mate. He really has. And, and that, that comes through, as I say, he's, he's a guy that, I mean, when we came in, yeah, I mean, we told you he did his homework on us. Again, our history and what we've done. We have a good relationship with him. There's a, the lines of communication are fantastic in terms of, and listen, t- Tony, let's put things right. I mean, Tony will come to us and come to Mark and in, in no, 
no, no shadow of doubt, make his feelings known about certain things that you know if he feels are wrong or right or whatever, and 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 the lines of communication there. And, 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 and I guess I guess I'm repeating myself that you know Tony looks at he, he talks to different people within the game. He looks at the history that we've got and whatever, and, and genuinely, genuinely believes that the, the, the team that I've got here is the right one for the job because I know what they can do. And it, he's been fantastic for us, and it it does it does help. You know, I have to say is. You know, we we work, we work. You wouldn't expect anything different, but we work our socks off in the club, and it's it's nice to know that you've got a an owner and 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 his partners who are verbally, if you like, backing you all the time, not just sitting there looking at things and and you know being quiet and you know letting us sort of uh, sit and suffer, if you like, you know. And I guess the reason he's been saying it so much is because. I mean, we do laugh at times now because it's like every day. I mean, I saw Tony's interview um, on Sky, I think it was yesterday, where the, the, the fellow on Sky Sports asked him the same question four times in about three minutes. You know, <laughs> you know, is Mark Hughes got your back in? You know, is he going to stay? And in, in the end, Tony's shaking his head saying, well, what other language do you want me to say it in, you know? Mark, uh, you mentioned earlier we've got players like Samba and Junior Hoylet with a lot of resale value. They've got a lot to prove. They're young. Um, we've also got players probably on their last contract. Um, mm-hmm. Is it harder to motivate those players? Do you think that could be a problem? Um, no, I, 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 we haven't found that, mate. I think you know the, these. You know, you, 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 you hope you've got good pros, if you like, and, and I can only comment on the, the work that they do on the training ground. You know, and um, you know the group that we've got on the training ground is. I mean, you feel for them because gen- generally it's. It's, listen, as my last year, um, I was at Norwich City for, for nine years, and we had a lot of success for, for a small club in Norwich City. And the last year I was at Norwich City, we got relegated. Um, we'd, we'd sold a lot of our, our best players, if you like good players. So anyway, cut a long story short, guys, we got relegated. And I, I at first hand, as a player, I saw what it's like to be in a relegation squad and team, and how players lose heart and how he got to a stage where we were thinking, well, where's the next point coming from? And how are we going to win a game? And how are we going to score a goal? And, and all those things, you know? And the first thing players, you know, I mean, being with myself, players look for excuses. They look for people to blame. It's not me, it's him. It's not us, it's the manager, it's the coach. Always they look for, to protect, what, you know, what Mark says. They look to protect the name on the shirt all the time. I swear to you, I've never seen not one single episode with a group of players that we've got who are blaming anybody but themselves, and 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 it's great to see. But you know, it's it's everybody's fault. It's not just the players, by the way. It's it's me. It's Mark. It's we're all in this together. As we quick to quick to say, but there's none of these players who are pointing fingers at their teammates, who are pointing fingers at staff. You know, and we 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 had a, a meeting today with the guys where we're almost encouraging them to point a few fingers, to put more demands on each other. You know, brilliant. Now listen, now but but, but be um. We've got Stoke away on Saturday. We haven't won away yeah. for a year. To paraphrase Mick McCarthy, it's not a monkey on our back. It's Planet of the Apes. Have you got a message? <laughs> have you got a message for the fans for uh, what's going to happen? Do you, do, you, do you think we can seriously turn a corner on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, listen. Well, I say to the fans is we, at the moment. I think the, the 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 general feeling amongst the squad and everybody is the fact that what's costing us is 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 our concentration, the way we're starting games. Now that could have a little bit to do with a slight. You know, we talked about that today in a confidence situation where sometimes it's easier for players. You know, they, they, they start the game off, 
they go a goal down and then it's nothing to lose and then it's everybody wants the ball because we're a goal down and we raise the tempo, you know? And we've got to be better at starting the game faster, at certainly certainly defending better, corners, crosses, you know what I mean, coming into our box, that goes out saying. But I think there was a real, there seemed to be a real collective certainly today, hey guys, we know, we, we know we're not far away as everybody keeps saying. We know we just need these little minor things, details that need addressing and Hopefully, well, we prepare them right for Saturday in terms of the, what they're going to face with Stoke and what we come out with. And then you're hoping and you're thinking, right, we do our jobs properly. I, have, I said to Mark the other day, guys, that, or Mark said to myself, I said to him, well, before the Arsenal game or coming out of the Arsenal game, I said, what are you looking for the next game? And I'm meaning like, well, you know, we won three points or whatever. And Mark said to me, well, he said, you know what I would like, Bo? He said, I would just like a game where we have nobody sent off. No bloody penalties and no silly, silly mistakes in the first 10 minutes. Okay. And a decent ref would help. <laughs> he said, we get, we get all those things in place. He said, I'm confident with the ability we've got, we'll go and win games. I'll tell you one thing, Mark. You, you win Saturday, beat Stoke, and I promise you a nice bunch of flowers for your missus. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> you, you, you can hold me to it all oh, day long. <laughs> I'm going up there, so yeah, I will be waving from the stand, fella, I tell you. <laughs> Mark, thank guys, you very much guys, for guys, don't coming lose the faith, guys. We'll promise you, it'll, it'll turn for us all. We all believe that, and uh, onwards and upwards. And one word before you go. The spirit in the camp with the players, is it still good, yes or no? Very good, Mick, very good. In excellent. fact, it's been excellent. I want, I, want him, I want him to be a bit more, as I say, a bit more angry and demanding of each other, which they, which they will do. But in terms of as a, as a togetherness and knowing where we're going, couldn't be better. Top man. Thanks, Mark. Thanks thank for coming you, on, Mark. Mark. Thank you so much. My pleasure, guys. Please come on again. Mate. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. I mean, it, dif- difficult interviewee to interrupt, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, he talked more than me. He talked more than you. That's a good uh, but to be it? fair, he answered everything. Totally. He yeah. answered everything very directly. Um, straight answers for everything. Um, and I sort of wanted to, us to have a bit more of a... I, I expected us to have a bit more of a go at him. But he, to be fair, he was quite honest with well to be fair you can't really do that when the fellow comes out and says he's beating himself up so how can you beat him or when he beats himself up just a question the fact of the matter is that I mean whatever you think about Hughes uh, uh, and and, uh, Jim Bowen uh, sorry Mark Bowen (laughs) (laughs) sorry I've got well questions 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 we would like to have asked him number one uh, was from Chris Cork do you ever look at Mark Hughes and feel like you're wasting your life? <laughs> uh, um, question number two. Uh, Mark Bowen, I loved your work in Take That. What's your favourite single? Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark Bowen. How was, how was, how was hosting check. Bullseye? <laughs> right. And uh, Paul, you didn't thank him for everything he's done for QPR. I thank him for coming on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, he'll, he'll be doing that in the next interview we have in April. We have a producer and an engineer looking like at us with demon that, eyes, waiting yeah. for us to hurry up because we've massively overrun. Yeah. So should massively, we massively. should we make this the R's end and sort of give our reaction to Mark and any final thoughts for the weekend? First of all, we lost a player today. I have a power. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Power. Yeah. 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 That's what, yeah. That's what I have a power. That's my accent. Sorry. And um, yeah, you talk about. Guys that are, you know, come into football and, you know, after we asked about Bobby some more and other, this fella worked up until he was 77, coaching players in Bath and whatever. And he never mentioned them, he played for QPR and he played for Wheels. He just went there, he loved the game and um, that's a big miss for QPR. So to his family and, and everyone else that may know him, you know, it's a big loss for our club. And hopefully the club will do the right thing and have a minute silence the next home game because th- th- they come yeah. along very slowly, these people. Chris? 
I thought, yeah, you can't really argue with anything he said, to be honest. Um, well, you can in terms of like selection, like falling, you can disagree with that, but he seemed pretty honest. They seem, you know, from the sounds of it, it could click soon, hopefully. Okay, well, well I'm going to go dismal here. Uh, uh, only three clubs have avoided relegation from the Premier League after oh. failing to win their first 10 matches Shut of the up, season. Shut up, Chris, don't even yeah. say it. Everton, 1994-5, uh, under Joe Raw. Blackburn Rovers, <laughs> under Roy Hodgson. Derby County, under Jim Smith. Colin Todd and John Gregory. QPR under Mark Hughes. I think we're but, quite unique, but, though, because because of so much how much money there is in a club in, in football now, clubs haven't been overhauled how we have. Like in, no. it's just completely unique situation nowadays. But, but by the way, what I said about the poll we put out on Facebook was absolutely true, and I was surprised by it. We asked, should QPR stick with Mark Hughes? Sixty-five percent said yes. Thirty-five percent no. So. For for a sort of everybody. And thanks to the five people that voted. No, we had <laughs> no, no, we had. I mean, look, we didn't have thousands, but we had we had sort of sixty, seventy people vote on it. Yeah. Which you know is a sort of decent I, sample. I, I think everyone's in the same boat. I think um, I think really people pe- people want Hughes and that just because uh, there's so much planning gone into this. There's so much stuff going up behind the scenes that's gone into this to take him out now and all his backroom staff, including Mark and everybody else would just rip the rug from under it, our feet. Yeah, like, it sounded like they've run out of ideas because he said, we've tried everything, we've pl- done it, in, we've done all the drills in training and it's just not working. You but can only tell a player. Though. They haven't put four on the side with Gennaro. I just frigging tried to pass the bloody ball around instead of hoofing it from the back all the time, which comes straight back at us. Simple football. Yeah, but if it was 12 aside, Fallen would be playing. Yeah, I know. And if if had balls, she'd be uncle. I know all that stuff. But I'm just saying, we need at some point to re... Your auntie has got balls. You do admit me, auntie. Um, Yeah, we have. have. Auntie (laughs) Alan. (laughs) (laughs) That's auntie Arid, actually, but never mind. She lives in Craig Avon, but there you go. Pray Um, for QPR. No, but the thing is, I I think the thing thing is, you look at, you know, Reading and Swansea and Norwich away, we should be picking up more than one point and zero points from these teams. Um, forget the likes of Everton, Man U and Liverpool, which will say, oh, we play in the big teams, we're losing, blah, blah, blah. We've got Man U. And they're, they're erecting a statue of Ferguson that day, so you know how that's going to frigging go. At two o'clock, apparently, yeah. on that day. Although I'm sure it's, I bet you it's going to be at 2.07. Do you know what? It, they, it, on it, it, <laughs> they lost 3 2. They lost, it's very good, dude. Very thank good. you. Thank they you. lost 3 2 at home to Blackburn on his 70th birthday. So. Well, the thing um, is, if they could put me on defence, he could probably look quite well. We better statue, go to that is. Stoke predictions because we're we're really uh, yeah we don't unfortunately we don't have time to sort of do all the analysis of that but but I'm sure I that people enjoyed good, the extended interview with Mark Bowen. Are we going to win at Stoke? Yes or no, Paul? I think a draw. I'll be happy. That's not a yes or no. Chris's. Are we going to win at Stoke? Chris Charles. Okay, well, uh, the last time we won at home was against Stoke. The last time away we was going to win again. We won. <laughs> yeah. We won was against Stoke. So I think we're going to w- win against Stoke, and the away fans are going to be chanting, "Can we play every week?" Is the third person in this sequence going to understand what a yes or no question means? <laughs> Chris Mendes, are we going to win at Stoke? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good night. Thank you for listening to Open All Ours QBR podcast. This is a playback media production. To listen to all our podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk.